Every great decision creates ripples, like a huge boulder dropped in a lake. The ripples merge and rebound off the banks in unforeseeable ways. The heavier the decision, the larger the waves. The more uncertain, the Doctor Who podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to our third installment of our Once and Future Reviews. Today, we're discussing Episode 3, A Genius for War, by Jonathan Morris. And joining me this time are James, Drew, and Ian. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello. Before we get started with the review, James, you have some feedback from our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I've got some feedback for one of our listeners. Okay. Um, So, (laughs) put it that way. Um, I'm assuming Michelle is uh, is going to be a listener and I have some humble pie to eat uh, live on air and therefore it's no coincidence that Michelle you're not on this show um, <laughs> but uh, in episode two uh, when we were talking about uh, the artist at the end of time uh, I made a very clear and unequivocal statement to say that we were not told in dialogue uh, that this epic story is being set in a time war that was wrong um, it was in the dialogue within the first five minutes i think of uh, episode one so yeah that is the only feedback i have to provide at the moment i stand by everything else brent let's move on <laughs> mm. how'd that taste james is it, is it, <laughs> mm, it's tasty you got some on your chin james <laughs> <laughs> you've had the place redecorated <laughs> i don't like it can i go now not just yet We wouldn't use the time scoop to bring you here unless your presence was absolutely unavoidable. I'm aware of your condition. But you can't fix it. All resources are dedicated to fighting this war, and frankly, this opportunity is too valuable to miss. You are required, whatever state of mind or body you're in. Oh, all right. I'm sitting comfortably. Begin. Well... Like I said, let's jump right in with A Genius for War. It features the Seventh Doctor, Davros, Vecklin, and the General. So what are our first impressions? Hmm. Daleks. <laughs> Actually, there was very few Daleks in this one, which was I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to report. So I liked it. I've liked all of them so far. Mm. I enjoyed it at a scene-by-scene level. I always loved Sylvester, and I thought Sylvester was great in this. Terry Malloy always gives a good performance, and... Seeing well, hearing Sylve and Terry go at it with each other, it's great. You know, they they really play off each other well on a scene by scene basis. As an overall story, it was a bit convoluted and kind of it was a bit like running up and down corridors, except they were going back and forth between space stations. And I thought the overall story was I didn't I didn't really follow the plot of it, but I didn't mind because I was enjoying enjoying the scenes. <laughs> no, I am. Um, I, I didn't understand the plot either. Certainly not the first time round. I have listened to it twice now, and it did all come together um, the second time around. That happens a lot for me with uh, Jonathan Morris scripts, in particular. Uh, I, I must say, but um, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was good. Um, I completely understand what Ian says uh, because each little five ten minute scene was enjoyable in itself. Uh, but overall, is it a remarkable story? Not particularly. It's perfectly serviceable. And uh, 
I enjoyed it. Um, it, it it's funny, uh, Drew. The first thing you said was mm, Daleks in a Homer Simpson like way, actually. Um, but uh, I, I noted uh, that there were at least three scenes that comprised of Daleks talking to each other and that always bothers me and it hurts my ears as well I must say um, and it's very Chibnall-esque all of his um, Dalek Christmas specials have Dalek conversation it's they're not very interesting conversations at best but uh, that's a <laughs> minor minor nitpick um, and I would say of the three once and future chapters that have been released so far this one is my favorite how about you, Brent? I'd have to agree with all of you, uh, but I, I, like I wasn't really taken away by this episode. It was okay, and like you guys, I, I kind of lost the plot near the end. Um, I didn't have time to listen to it a second time this time like I normally do, so that may have helped. Aside from the regeneration trauma at the beginning and the end and the <laughs> mention of the, the diamond and the stars, there really wasn't any connection to the overall story arc. Uh, mm. It's another standalone story, but again, it wasn't bad. Um, I did like the pairing of Vecklin and the doctor, sort of a doctor and pseudo companion. Um, I've always liked, uh, Vecklin, but Terry Malloy as Davros was outstanding. He was really the highlight of the story for me. And like, like you said, um, it was scene by scene and there were some great scenes in here. It's Mm. just uh, overall, it didn't kind of join together for me. So you're going to have to excuse my ignorance, but who is – I mean, I understand who Vecklin is in this story, but have we heard Vecklin before? Because I was not familiar with that character. Yes, quite a bit. Uh, played by Beth Chalmers, um, and uh, she's cropped up in many different ranges. Uh, the Time War uh, with the Eighth Doctor, um, but I think she is in almost every episode of the early War Doctor Begins uh, sets as well and she's one of the more rounded uh, characters the Gallifrey characters uh, that, uh, that that come into various different stories um, and this is one of the really good things I think about the Once and Future range so far is that they're, they're basically throwing all of the audio companions all of the tv companions and some of the doctors into a great big kind of tombola turning the handle and we see who who comes out and uh, <laughs> the, the the um which is actually a very similar um way of describing the uh, the doctor roulette at the beginning and at the end of each of these episodes as well um and then the story is totally separate but yeah, Vecklin, I thought, was uh, was really good. I thought the general, Ken Bones, was fantastic. What a wonderful, deep, resonant voice. And, voice. Uh, you know, brilliant to, to, to hear him back um, in a celebratory or anniversary uh, story after Day of the Doctor 10 years ago as well. I absolutely loved all of the little references in this story. Uh, they were, I mean, they're back on the space station in Tried of a Time Lord, and the music kind of underscored that as well. And then, Jonathan Morris, you blew it up at the end. You know, <laughs> the one good thing about Tried of a Time Lord, and you blow up on audio. Um, but uh, <laughs> but loads of other loads of other little um, references there, including uh, the mention of um, of when. The Doctor had met Napoleon with Davros, and that was The Curse of Davros in 2012. That's a big Finnish audio, also written by Jonathan Morris. Um, As if if he thought that we weren't going to notice that (laughs) self-referential little piece of dialogue there, Mr. Morris. (laughs) Yeah, there are some lovely callbacks, including there's a little setup that uh, the Khaleds are emulating 
the war that they were having in Genesis. And actually, I, I kind of saw it coming a, a couple of lines early when they started talking about, oh, we, we definitively know there's no other life in the rest of the, the solar system, which was a direct callback to the same lines that was given in Genesis. And that's a nice little fan service without overlaboring it. There, there was a lot of that, and it it was it's nice. That's fun. We like seeing that or hearing that. There was a couple from Genesis, actually, as well. Um, just what I wanted to know, yeah. um, the general said, which was Nida's line from Genesis as well. Yeah. Um, and, of course, this um, decision that the fourth doctor took to uh, not destroy the Daleks apparently is now time-locked um, and, and cannot be cannot be changed. So, yeah, lots of uh, Genesis goodness there. And throw back to the original Dalek story with the Lake of Mutations, which was nice to get, to, to see coming back again and, and discussion yeah. of the original Dalek city. Oh, yeah. But, but there is one particular reference that I thought was going to have Ian hopping mad and, and probably mentioning it within his opening salvo, but actually, no, right? I mean, the, the core um, theme of this story is the creation of a Dalek hybrid time lord creation <laughs> I mean, right i mean first of all that is incredibly derivative and to the point where i thought actually this was deliberately emulating stuff we'd seen in a tv series or just copying it in but there'd be an explanation for it so the reason we were back to the thousand year war in genesis was because actually it was a prison and they were doing it on purpose simulating past events so i thought this that was a similar kind of device when they started mentioning hybrid entities but no we had <laughs> what i thought was they can't possibly be going towards daleks in manhattans and evolution of the daleks can they no they can't possibly be trying to plug in the cyber time lords <laughs> and it almost seemed like they'd forgotten that this has been done recently so that whole central theme i thought was a bit well yes derivative and actually wasn't particularly enjoyable as a listener i must say yeah there's a lot of callbacks in all three of these stories so far actually but um there were a couple more i i clocked um causal nexus uh the change and not a moment too soon that was in there yes. um, the redecoration joke you've decorated i don't like it um, the time scoop and the had system, which I had a bit of a problem with. Yeah. <laughs> that that was yeah. I mean, after you sit there and you describe uh, the force barrier, which and that was from Parting of the Ways, wasn't it? When we first saw that, where the Dalek tried to shoot the Doctor, and the Doctor says nil point, and then combining it with a hads along with a useful audio commentary, <laughs> in case you didn't know what that was. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I don't mind that stuff. And did I have a smile on my face? Yes. Um, I think I'd just have preferred it all had the overarching story been a little bit more connected or, 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 or had it felt like a celebratory story because at the moment it feels as though this could have been a story that any author could have had in their drawer uh, and just brought it out and um just produced it at any point i think i think they're all like that and i'm actually reminded of destiny of the doctor from 10 years ago where we had the 11 episodes through the 50th anniversary which are all basically standalone stories with a little two minute hook of matt smith in each one but actually were standalone stories and to be honest, I was pretty much expecting the same from this series, and that seems to be what's happening. We've got a series of essentially standalone stories with just a couple of little sprinkles in them that hook them together, which presumably will be tied together at the end. So I, I, I wasn't expecting some enormous, great, big, you know, interconnected 
series, and it, it's pretty much that's that's what we that's what seems to be what we're getting. Yeah, just as far as logistics are concerned, it's got to be a lot easier to write and produce separate stories and just add something at the beginning and the end than it is to to try to uh, kind of wrestle that and corral all. <laughs> Especially when you have so many different writers with such different styles. And when you're dealing with such a uh, kind of, uh, I think you called it a tumbler, tumbolo. I, I feel like in the United States, <laughs> I may have missed that one. But just, oh, is that a British it's such word? an eclectic. Tombola. Tombola. Uh, it's something that spins around and mixes things up. Yeah. So yeah. something like uh, when the lottery is drawn, you yeah, know, you become tumblers, yeah. you know. Tom Bola sounds like an out-of-work athlete. What's... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Tom you know what? This, this is what I love really about a DWP. Hat. We learn stuff as well. No, a tumbler, as far as I'm concerned, is either a drinking glass or it is a circus performer, like an acrobat of some kind. Or, or Batman's uh, tank. <laughs> oh, I think that was the rumbler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about the story. Go on. No, no, no. Let's talk about Batman. <laughs> Ian's checking on us. We'll, we'll make sure we get this one. Um, so I think, uh, James, did you say that this was your favorite of the three? Of the three so far, yeah. Gotcha. That's interesting. I mean, it, just naturally with the subject matter, it wasn't ever going to be my favorite of the three so far. Just um, as much as I love listening to Sylvester talk, it, it doesn't always work for me as far as Big Finish is concerned. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. But that being said... Um, I thought Sylvester did a great job. I always love listening to Terry talk, regardless of the the, the character that he's doing at the time. Um, you know, Davros is not one of my favorite characters, and generally the stories I find incredibly convoluted because there's so much going on. But I liked that I could predict what Davros was going to do in this story, and that is mm. not... A, an issue with the the writing and the plotting, it's it's actually a, kind of a dedication to the nature of the character. Like, it, it's just like, yes. You know, at, at first you're like, you think plot A is going to happen, and plot A happens. And that's perfectly fine because, you know, if your character were to suddenly diverge a la the, what was it, the the Witch's Familiar and the Magician's Apprentice? Absolutely. Uh, stories that I haven't revisited because I hated them so much when they came out. <laughs> um and I, and I probably should, because I'm sure they're really good. I just, it went so against what I wanted from the character. And again, it's my own preference. It's my bias. My bad, right? Um, but I enjoyed it. Uh, and I think, like Ian said, it's it's the, the little vignettes are fantastic. But, the, the, you know, maybe overall wasn't overly impressed. But I, I kind of sat there with my headphones on and a smile on my face the entire time. Yeah. And again, a story that involving Davros and the Daleks, it's, that doesn't happen all that often. So... I liked it. I liked it just fine. It's my least favorite of the three so far, but um, but I think the other two stories, subject matters, doctors, and just that kind of the conceits are just naturally lean towards the things I like anyway. You've mentioned that you predicted Davros's actions in the stories. There's one particular story element that I wanted to to raise. At the point at which where Davros tries to sell this wonderful plan to create a new Time Lord Dalek, essentially, um, and he proposes this to the Dalek Emperor, and he seriously expects the Emperor to consider it. That, to me, felt a bit incredible. It, it didn't feel like it may, would make sense. And in fact, there was allusions to the idea um, 
earlier in a script where the doctor was saying, well, the Daleks would never go for this because of the notion of purity. So what was Davros thinking? Does he not know the Daleks to that extent? I, I just thought that might potentially have been a slightly, you know, a, a plot contrivance, really, uh, rather than a, a genuine conversation that Davros, or believable conversation Davros would have with the Emperor Dalek. I thought the same when I was listening to it in the moment, but then... Davros's plan, and I'm really impressed that, that Drew managed to actually predict the stuff, because there was a double, triple, quadruple and pentuple cross in here with, with the, the different layers of Davros's, you know, exactly who is he betraying and on how many levels and, you know, Russian doll levels of, of complexity to his plot. So I, t- I, to be honest, lost track of exactly where up and down the scale of Russian doll plotting the different levels were so if you accept that oh he only offered it to the emperor because he had two meta levels of 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 plot above it that he was actually doing i guess somewhere in there you i mean i just would hand wave it away at this point because i did lo- i mean bear in mind this entire story actually is actually it's all, almost a meta layer because we've got the ongoing degeneration crisis and then on top of that the doctor's been time scooped out to do another thing so you're getting, you know, how many layers deep into this convoluted plotting. So, yeah, I, I just kind of decided, you know what, I'm just going to go along for the ride at this point. Mm. That, that does make perfect, perfect sense, yeah. And, and actually, the things that I appreciate were not the the plot twists and the Russian doll plots, as you say. It, it's more Davros goes in the TARDIS for the first time, <laughs> I seem to remember. Yeah. I enjoyed that scene very much. I did too. There's also a really clever scene where Davros is talking to the Doctor and Vecklin, and you can hear him wheeling around the room. And he yeah. goes to the left speaker and then to the right speaker. He's going around. <laughs> I, I have to tell you something funny uh, that happened yesterday. I was listening to this, and I was driving. And whenever I had to make a note about the story, I would voice activate my phone and, and ask it to make a note. Well, I, I heard this scene with Davros driving around in his chair, and I said, I said that in my note. When I checked it later, it said, there's a really good scene where Dave Ross is driving around in his chair. <laughs> I was like, who's Dave Don't Ross? Don't tell me you know someone called Dave Ross. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, Dave I, Ross, I, I can see a future Doctor Who story where Dave Ross travels back in time and, and takes on the, the radio DJ personality of Dave Ross. <laughs> Sounds like a DJ name. It does. Uh, just going back to that point, uh, Ian, you're saying like you, you thought it was... A, it was impressive that I could predict it. Davros is always about Davros. Um, and, you know, if Davros thinks his plan is particularly good, then, you know, it, it makes sense that his ego, which is bigger than his 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 kind of what he can wrap his hand around, um, is, is going to be something that he could pitch to the, the Dalek Emperor. Uh, so, yeah, it didn't surprise me in the least. Uh, but the joy that he felt... And the the oiliness as he's talking to the doctor <laughs> while in the TARDIS is so good. It's so good. When Terry breaks out into that character, like, say, at dinner, um, it's disturbing and super fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine. Do you know, I, I actually think um, Terry Malloy and Sylvester McCoy um, – reading lines written by Jonathan Morris is is a really really good combination uh, and, and it has happened as I said at least once before um, if it was just over 12 years ago or 11 12 years ago um, 
But I, I think Jonathan Morris has done this a, a number of times in his stories. Usually the first half an hour or half of the story is really well crafted. It's intriguing. Uh, Protect and Survive is another one we talked about in the DWP recently that I absolutely adore the first two parts. But he does have a tendency not to, to be able to bring the story together without a lot of noise and a lot of confusing dialogue um i didn't think that was the case this time i mean yes it required two listens for me but the story carried on it didn't just stop about two-thirds of the way through it and then you just hear lots of action sequences narrated by the characters um and and so i i think this was um i think this was actually a really good one hour or thereabouts story and um i i just really like the way that the the leads were used by the writer here uh, as well of something you know but no pluck me out of time drag me halfway across the universe without so much as a bio leave but never mind the fact i was having a ah, ah. Oh, degeneration crisis feels like being dragged through my own timeline backwards oh. and i have better things to do than endure another of your spurious inquisitions there's no need to shout doctor doctor do I know you, young woman? Hmm? My name's Vecklin. Time Lord Commander Vecklin. Commander? <laughs> well, before we go, let's go around the room one more time for any final thoughts and whether or not you'd recommend this story. I'll go first. Um, as part of the whole, you know, we're only three stories in, uh, but as part of the whole, I think it it feels like an anniversary story. Anytime you're bringing characters back, and again, I'm, I'm showing my ignorance by not knowing who you know, one of the main characters on, on the audio is, and that's perfectly fine. I think the rest of you have shown that you're clearly fans and, and experts in this scenario. So, you know, if you are impressed by the fact that they've brought them back, then I think that works for a, 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 a celebration year, you know, an anniversary makes, it makes sense. And, uh, yeah, again, I tendency to not like stories that have Daleks didn't hate the story. So, Kind of the, the highest praise I can give it. <laughs> I think if you're following through the series, it's a good uh, entry into that series. It's enjoyable. Would I seek it out as a standalone? Probably not. But, uh, you know, as part of this ongoing thing, it's a perfectly enjoyable piece. I think, I mean, to, to Drew's point, I didn't remember who a couple of the, the callback characters were. I haven't listened to those audios. Didn't impact my uh, enjoyment at all any more than not having encountered the curator in the previous one uh, impacted my enjoyment uh, i enjoyed that perfectly well so it's one of those situations where yeah if, if you get it you're going to get more out of it if you don't i don't think it actually detracts from the from the enjoyment of the story yeah and as soon as i got over and i think i have got over now the fact that the framing device of this entire uh, series is not going to be addressed it has not moved on from the first five minutes in episode one we are exactly at that point in terms of um, finding out what's going on at the end of episode three so if I accept that and move on then yes it's it's an okay story um, like Ian I wouldn't suggest anyone seeks it out specifically uh, but as, a, as an experience I mean I'm really enjoying listening to these plays when they come out once a month it's nice to have an episodic uh, epic tale from from Big Finish again it's been a long time since that's happened 
Um, so yeah, it, it's not something I would automatically assume that someone may appreciate if they haven't listened to other episodes. But um, yeah, it's it's good. The first one is still my favorite, the Tom Baker one, the one that starts it all out. But uh, after hearing three stories now, this series is effectively standalone stories with the guise of having a, an ever-changing doctor. And uh, so they can pair up doctors and companions that normally wouldn't be together. Um, I think that's a great idea. So I'm still excited about this series. I'm sure there'll be several more before we're done that'll blow me away. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we've got the sixth doctor with Jackie Tyler next yep. time round. Is that correct? Yep. Next month, the sixth doctor teams up wow. with Harry Sullivan, Jackie Tyler, and Lady Christina in two, <laughs> two's company. <laughs> See what wow. I mean about chucking that's, the stuff up in the air? <laughs> that's definitely a tumbler. <laughs> Drew just got very excited on camera. I got <laughs> I got very excited until you said Lady Christina, but. <laughs> but uh you know it just jackie tyler and the sixth doctor sounds amazing oh i'm and harry sullivan. legitimately ex- yeah, and harry yeah. sullivan who is an imbecile but you know <laughs> <laughs> he, he is, they're using harry sullivan everywhere at the moment christopher naylor has been cast as harry over a couple of years or so ago now and he is really really convincing but i have to say regardless of the fact that ian martyr is no longer with us um, i wouldn't automatically have assumed yeah you know the sixth doctor with harry sullivan is a natural pairing i suppose it could be intriguing in the way that any um companion doctor mashup could be but it's it's the jackie tyler uh, dimension that i'm looking forward to as uh, as as well i just kind of you know wouldn't it be nice if billy piper turned up as well <laughs> i i'll take jackie over billy anytime um and particularly if we can get three separate scenes with the three main characters with jackie separately i would love to see how that dynamic works out and i'm always happy to hear the sixth doctor so i mean if you think back to both jackie and harry they both caused immense frustration in their respective doctors and if there's (laughs) one doctor who is not going to deal with that frustration well it's six yeah (laughs) and the smugness of lady christina is uh sue who got her own big finish series in my she has it's actually really good Mm -hmm. oh yeah well, mm. see, I, that's something I might have to listen to a little bit beforehand just so I can prep myself because mm. um, on the television medium, not as impressed with the character. So we'll mm. want to see. To breach the most secure prison in the galaxy, there are not many who could perform such a feat. I'm not interested in your compliments, Davros. There's not many who would be foolish enough to try. Or yours, Vecklin. So this is your Hardis, Doctor. I've often wondered what it was like. The apotheosis of Time Lord technology. Yes, but with a rather outdated user interface. I happen to like it. I'm a rather outdated user. We'll come back next month and hear what we have to say. As always, you can let us know what you have to say via email at feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com with once and future in the subject field. You can also find us on Twitter at the DR Who Podcast and on our brand new Facebook group. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody. All right, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>